Good afternoon. Welcome to the weekly edition of The Wrap. I'm Laura Leslie, WRAL Capital Bureau Chief. And I'm WRAL State Government Reporter, Travis Fain. And, you know, it wasn't that busy a week this week, but there were a lot of little things, things that didn't maybe rise to the level of us writing, up, writing them up on NC Capital, but news nonetheless. Um, one of them that, you know, I've, I've been following a lot because I've done a lot of stories on it is that um, parental rights bill, for example. Um, you know, that moved out of the Senate. I've been asking Speaker more about it about every week since it moved over to the House. Um, and you said this week he told you that he's not sure it's going to move. Yeah, he basically in one of the post-session gaggles on the House floor said, you know, I don't think we've got the votes for that. You know, the governor expected to veto it. And we don't have three Democrats that are willing to go along with the Republicans on that. So we don't think we'll bring it to the floor. It was it was kind of not a definite, not a final decision, but yeah. it sounded like he's leaning toward not bringing it to the floor. Well, I have a hard time believing that. I mean, this is an election year. You know what I mean? This is well, a it, for campaign mailers vote. He said kind of the opposite of the general wisdom, like exactly what you're saying. You, you force the Democrats uh, to vote against it if you think it's a good position for your for, for your supporters and then you do mailers but he said it doesn't need to be a political football with, with i mean that bill has got political football written all over it it was and, designed it was designed to be a political football let's face it i just think so, it's interesting last year it was the senate that passed the um transgender sports bill uh, the bill that would ban transgender athletes on sports teams in schools that that matched their gender identity and not the agenda not the gender that they were born with um, and um, the House didn't take that one up either. Yeah, so maybe we've got a bit of a trend here. Now, the Speaker did say he supports this, you know, the, the so-called Parental Bill of Rights, Parents' Bill of Rights, I believe it's called. Uh, so he expressed support for it, and he said he believed the entire Republican caucus supported it, uh, but that they just, if the governor was going to veto it, did not see a path for it to become law, so they weren't going to bother with it. And the only thing I can think of is that maybe this is really about trying to get out on time. Like maybe they continue yeah. to say they want to get out July 1. Um, and the speaker also said he was very confident that they're going to have a supermajority next year and that they could come back and do things like this bill, this bill, and other things like it. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I'd be surprised based on the way the maps look if, if, if the House Republicans could win a supermajority. But people who look at it closer than I do on the Republican side clearly think they can, or at least saying they can. Well, I asked Senator Berger. Uh, if he thinks the Senate could get a supermajority. He said that it, it, in a way only Burger King said, well, I believe that we can win in excess of 30 seats, which indeed would be, you know, a supermajority in the state Senate. So I, I don't know, maybe that is on the table. The more I hear it, uh, the, the, the less inclined I am to take my general wisdom on it. I'll put it this way. The way I see it is if gas is still, if gas is $5 a gallon or better, they get a supermajority. Cause that's yeah. really, yeah. It could very well be that simple. So, you know, November always looming large, but looming larger and larger because that 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 would really take the state in a different direction if all of a sudden uh, the Democratic governor's veto was off the table. So you've been following the foster care bill and that one made it through um, both chambers, right? They, it cleared the Senate unanimous. I think it's still got to go to the House, uh, or or let's put it this way. My notes say it cleared the Senate unanimous and then has nothing else in it. But we should highlight the issue a little bit because it's a pretty big deal. This is kind of moving to a statewide delivery system for healthcare for for foster kids. The right now it's regionalized. There there are all these regional things. So instead of having one insurance card that's just good everywhere all across the state, if your foster family, if you're sent, if you're a kid and you're sent 
to a foster family who's kind of far away, well, all of a sudden you're away from your doctor and you maybe have a psychiatrist that you're seeing, any number of health professionals that you're seeing, and you can't see them anymore without the foster family having to drive you back to the, to the place and you can't get coverage in the new place that you live. So it's difficult to find foster families who are willing to, to, to drive these kids for sometimes hours. Sure. And Senator Joyce Kravick, uh, who has championed this bill as she does so many foster uh, kid bills and, and, and health bills in the state Senate, said that by the time a, the typical foster child is two years old, they often have moved three times. So this is a population that the argument is needs, they need simplified. Absolutely. And if you have to wait 90 to 60 to 90 days for an insurance card every time you change placement, you're probably never going to go to a doctor. I mean, it, yeah, I used to work with them, that, that population before I ended up in journalism. And so, yeah, that's, it's a big problem for sure. Yeah. And um, the, but, the put, there is some pushback people who, you know, areas like I think Charlotte Mecklenburg County really likes the, the provider that they're working with on this right now. And some of the providers themselves that operate regionally fear that, you know, the big companies uh, or a big company will come in and, and scoop up all of this business because only so many people can can guarantee these things statewide. So there is some pushback. Uh, but again, Bill passed the House, excuse me, the Senate unanimously. So that much we know, at least. Um, I should also mention that um, we, well, sports gambling, something that did not happen again this week, but our colleague Brian Murphy has a story up about it um, on NC Capital talking about that uh, it looks like it's going to be in committee next week in judiciary, House Judiciary, and they've made some substantial changes to it to increase the fees and the revenue that the state would be bringing in from it. Now, again, this runs up against the antecession. You know, the question is, are they going to have time to move this bill through the House? Um, it seems like there are a lot of big players that want to see that move this year. Uh, but on the other hand, you and I were talking to Senator Berger and Moore, uh, Speaker Moore, and they're both saying that they really want the vote on the, on the budget to be not, not this coming week, but the week after, the week of June 27th, and they want to go home. Yeah, and, and I think they'll probably be meeting early next week. I, I, I think for the sports gambling bill, I mean, at least the general wisdom has been that's going to move this session. It may be one of the few things, big things that does move this session. Uh, but it hasn't moved yet. And it's always telling when, when something hasn't moved yet. My understanding from some of the lobbyists who work, who work on the bill is that they're, they're going to change a number of things. What the Lottery Commission didn't want to write some rules. And so they're going to be written directly into the bill, supposedly. And that's taking more time. Uh, we shall see. I, I find it interesting, you know, Jim Blaine and Ray Martin, both former Phil Berger staffers, who are now kind of big deal consultants in the Republican world, they have a polling company. And one of the things they polled in three swing districts was all these big issues that are before the, the legislature, medical marijuana, mm -hmm. uh, Medicaid expansion, and this sports gambling bill. The sports gambling bill by far polled the lowest out of all of them. There was less support for that than Medicaid expansion or for uh, medical marijuana, tax cuts, a mm -hmm. couple other things. And it's the only one I'm certain is going to pass the, the, the sports gambling bill. So uh, there's a lot of money involved. There's polling that. and then there's politicians. <clears throat> right, right. You know, so uh, speaking of politicians, we should probably mention um, that um, we talked also, as we were saying, uh, to both legislative leaders this week. And it sounds like they keep saying they're getting close, but there's no real sign that they're really getting that close yet. They keep putting off when they're going to sit down and talk to each other. Uh, they're now saying Monday, but we did hear 
that they are going to be trying to, as, as Senator Berger put it, accelerate the tax cuts and the tax cut plan that's already in place. So it sounds to me like we're not necessarily expecting to see any new tax cuts on the horizon. Yeah, it, it, and I'm not entirely sure the House and Senate are aligned here and, and what they'll end up coming with. But Berger did say he would like, you know, we, we have right now a tax cut plan that's already law that would bring the personal income tax rate down to 3.99 percent in 2027. Mm-hmm. He, he'd like to have a landing spot, he said, below that 3.99 percent. So eventually go below that and also accelerate the cuts because we have what it's six and a half billion or whatever the current surplus is. We've got more Probably money. Probably seven by now. Who knows? It just keeps going up. I, that polling I mentioned uh, earlier from you know the former Burger staffers, one of the things they polled was how would you like a 2.5 percent income tax rate? And because that polling company has connections back to Burger, I'm guessing that's the target. Uh, when I asked Burger about it this week, he said, uh, "Quote: 2.5 sounds fine to me." Uh, also said that it, you know, it's well, it's lower than 3.99. So he didn't he didn't spe- specify that that's the target. But I mean, you know, you you take two dots and they're close to each other. Sometimes you just put them together. So our WRL news poll came out this week. Um, we didn't, I didn't even know we were doing one until last weekend, apparently, but this was going on. Uh, so most interesting result, I think, was probably in our polling on the U.S. Senate race, where we found Beasley actually four up on Bud, which I think is a first that I've seen anyway in the polling. There's not been extensive polling done, but there's been a few polls, and they've all had Beasley ahead. That lead seems to have been narrowing a little bit um, in the they've last few They've had Bud months. ahead. They've had Bud ahead until this one. I'm sorry, Bud. Sorry. You know what I mean? Bud ahead. Um, and, and it's narrowing a little bit, but, you know, he's been pretty consistently ahead of Beasley. Um, so I was, I was um, interested to see that. I'll be interested to see whether that holds up. Yeah, and it was in the margin of... I, I guess you don't call it margin of error when it's a credibility index. It was a teeny thing. bit. It was a teeny bit outside of the credibility margin. Okay, well, there you go. So, I, look, this is this is going to be a tight race. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to be a tight race until it's not. And like you said, if gas prices are still five dollars a gallon come October, well, maybe we'll yeah. be so close. But it, <clears> until <throat> further notice, at least in my mind, I, I expect us to remain. You know, this kind of purplish state. Well, the, the pollster that I talked to um, and the experts that I talked to also thought that there is probably a pretty close correlation between gun control uh, positions and those results um, coming out of Uvalde, Uvalde, excuse me, um, and Buffalo and some of the other shootings that we've seen recently. Um, you know, I, I'm not the expert. So, I mean, I'll take their word for it. You know, I know we haven't had a lot of discussion about that. We haven't seen a lot of ads about that. But, you know, Ted Budd, of course, is the owner of a gun store and has been pretty outspoken about his uh, opposition to any type of gun control, whereas Beasley has been, you know, when she has been on the campaign trail, has been talking a lot about what she calls reasonable gun control measures. So um, I should also mention, we didn't say much about it this week, but Burr and Tillis are both in the bipartisan group in the Senate that are trying to work out something that can be done about, you know, some type of tightening loopholes to try to keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them. Yeah, and that bill seems to be kind of moving right along. I haven't looked into it today. We're taping this Friday about 320, but seems to be a legitimate shot at some gun control. And I mean, these kind of incremental changes pull pretty well. Right. I mean, they, they even even among Republicans and gun owners, you can get pretty good support for the, the types of things that that bill uh, would presumably include. So it'd be interesting. And one, to see. and one of them would include universal background checks, I believe. 
and there are um, there are there's already pushback from some of the folks on the you know the Second Amendment um, advocacy groups are already kind of pushing back. I think there's going to be a protest outside of some offices next week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know because because they're taking this step, but it, it is it is pretty. Let's put it this way: pretty much everybody else that's not in one of those groups thinks it's very incremental, as in tiny progress. So. Right. What what else in our polling that, that that's been released? Do you, anything catch your eye? Um, abortion, I think, was interesting. Um, we were looking at abortion um, opinions about, with of course, with Roe v. Wade kind of on you know on the bubble here um, at the Supreme Court. You know, every day we're waiting for that decision to come down. So we pulled what people thought about it, and we um you know we have a tracking poll number, and our tracking poll actually was higher the number of people who oppose new restrictions on abortion or who want to see fewer restrictions is actually higher five percent higher this month than it was in april and that's probably an artifact of the fact that it's in the news right now and everybody's talking about the dobbs and talking about the other states like texas and the heartbeat bill um but here's so the thing is the majority of people don't favor getting rid of roe the majority of north carolinians actually favor letting roe be settled law however when you ask them about possible restrictions, like a 20 week ban is very, very popular. And that doesn't surprise me because that's what the state has actually had on the books, although it's been in court for a while, for a long time. I and mean, right now, you know, federally speaking, the right ends at viability, and that's normally considered to be 23 to 24 weeks. So it is a slight restriction toward the end, but it's not like a big restriction. But we also asked folks about a six week ban, and that got majority support. And that is really interesting to me. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, we talked to an OBGYN about it. And he said he honestly thinks that people just don't understand like how, how, how pregnancy works, right? And what stage things are at at certain points. Um, but anyway, I, you know, that again, maybe because it's been in the, in the news a lot and maybe people think that's already the law. I don't know. Yeah, in six weeks, I mean, that there would be plenty of people who would not know they were pregnant at six weeks. Absolutely, absolutely. And even if you did, you would have almost no time to try to make an appointment, go through your 72 hour waiting period um, and try to find a provider because in North Carolina, there's 14, 14 abortion providers in the entire state. So 92 out of 100 counties have no abortion provider. Mm -hmm. So this is not a minor undertaking, especially if you're in a rural area. So yeah, that would be very restrictive um, and pro would probably leave out, would probably disproportionately disadvantage folks who are already disadvantaged um, in terms of socioeconomics who don't live in you know the richer counties and maybe don't have transportation. While we're talking a little bit about healthcare, I'll mention that uh, the Sheriff's Association came out uh, this week in favor of 149, the Medicaid expansion bill that has also got a number of hospital reforms uh, in, in it. And they said among other things that they think it'll decrease crime uh, because there are plenty of people who have behavioral health issues. Oh, yeah. Issues who commit crimes, you know, that's why they're in the system, right? That's why they're in jail. They've committed some crime, but the reason they committed that crime is because they have massive problems. Uh, and that Medicaid expansion will help them and will also help their, their victims. So the Sheriff's Association coming out in favor of the bill, I think is a pretty big deal, right? I mean, that's a strong constituency. At the and it's not one that they had to weigh in on. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some that are obviously you want to know what the sheriffs have to say about X, Y, Z, right? This is not necessarily one of them. So, I mean, it, it is significant that they're saying something. Yeah. Also, the Association of County Commissioners has weighed in in favor of it, uh, which, you know, 
also, I don't know that they had to. I'm sure they're feeling pressure. I'm sure Senator Berger's office, Senate leadership is mm. calling up these groups and saying, hey, wouldn't it be great if you backed my bill and put some pressure on Speaker Moore and the House Republicans to, to get this best? Wouldn't that be great if you did that? Uh, also, uh, support letters, uh, more tepid support, kind of support like, yeah, we like the bill. We like Medicaid expansion for sure. Uh, the, the CON certificate of need stuff. We'd like to talk yeah. a lot more about that. But letters, nonetheless, pen to paper, saying nice things about the bill from ECU Health and UNC Health. ECU Health, the largest rural health care provider in the state, I believe. UNC Health, one of the largest health providers, period, in the state. Uh, so to have them, let's not say they're on board, but yeah, there's pressure. They're not pressure. opposed. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, something did pass this week that um, I think is going to the governor, or if not, it may be one vote away. Um, and that is HASP. So this is a program that went through, the, it passed the House, I think almost unanimously, didn't it? Yesterday? That sounds right. And I mean, this is the thing that I don't fully understand that gives hospitals more money. Um, yeah. So what it does is it, so, <clears throat> excuse me, what it does is it, it puts an assessment on hospitals, right? And then on all hospitals. And then it takes that money and that's the part, that's the share, the state share. And that um, basically leverages a whole lot more federal money. And that federal money gets distributed to the smaller hospitals, the rural hospitals that are having a hard time keeping their doors open. You see, before Medi before Obamacare, um, hospitals got what was known as a dish payment. That's a disproportionate share for hospitals that had a disproportionate share of low-income people who didn't have insurance, right, to help to offset their costs. Well, when Obamacare went through, the understanding or the assumption was that all those people were going to be covered by Medicare, so they got rid of dish. Well, in states like North Carolina, where we didn't expand Medicaid, the hospitals really got, you know, the shaft because they still had the same patients with no Medicaid and no dish. So there's a lot of these rural hospitals that are, you know, running, running at a loss year after year, and they can't keep it up. And so what the HASP program will do is kind of replace some of that dish money to kind of keep some of these hospitals stabilized and keep those doors open. And I believe that was in 149, the Medicaid expansion bill as well. The House has, it it has split out separately. So it'll be interesting to see if that gets held up. Yeah, I double checked. It is not reliant on Medicaid expansion. It can be done separately from. So it sounds like even if Medicaid expansion doesn't get done this year, at least the hospitals should be happy that this one is. All right. I'll mention very briefly, the Democrats have their convention, their annual convention this weekend, uh, and they have the unity dinner. That unity dinner is being boycotted by the Democratic Party's African-American caucus. Oh. Uh, in fact, they're 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 boycotting the entire convention, so unity may be uh, uh, outside the grasp here. Um, the problem is that it's Juneteenth weekend; it's Father's Day weekend. We're coming out of, or hopefully coming out of, a pandemic here. People uh, saying, "You know, look, it'd be nice to have this weekend where we didn't have to sit in the convention all in person, voting on boring business." We'd rather have Juneteenth. We'd rather have Father's Day. We wish that the state party had uh, asked us about this and scheduled a little bit better. So, uh, but but I mean, the word boycott is in the is in the announcement. So, the African American Caucus of the State Democratic Party boycotting the party's annual convention, uh, which is not what you want to see when you're plowing into a difficult election environment this year. No, and I wonder how far in advance this was scheduled. That I don't know, but the decision to boycott was made just about a week ago. So, I mean, it. It does seem like something that cropped up relatively recently, but I think the convention's been scheduled for some time. Uh, 
certainly more than the, than the week or two that this has been discussed. Right. I think that is about it for me. I got a couple of quick hits I'll go. Uh, the uh, bill that would change the way attorneys can be disciplined, the, the, the method for disciplining attorneys at the state bar, it used to include language, it passed the Senate this week, but it used to include language that said the attorney, if they're accused of something and then they're cleared, they can get money from the state bar. Uh, they, they can have their own attorney's fees for fighting that charge uh, paid back to them. Well, that part of the bill was taken out. The reimbursement was taken out. And the reason is that the state bar is kind of pleading poverty saying, oh, you know, we haven't, we haven't raised our dues, I believe since 2010, they're capped at $300 a year by the state. And I, what I think is gonna happen is that next year, this is gonna come up again, at least Senator Michael Lee seemed to indicate that it would. Uh, and we may, uh, attorneys may see higher dues, that that cap may, may be increased. Uh, I'd also mentioned that I spoke to Ken Udy, who recently retired from the governor's office. I can't remember if it was this week or late last week, but in just in talking to him, my take on it sounds like a real retirement. Does not sound like he is looking to be in the fray uh, going into November. I'm sure his phone will still ring and he sh will still make calls. Uh, but he talked about kind of wanting to, to to slow down in life and uh, fi find find some project. He told me he wanted to do things in the morning for himself, you know, kind of retirement things, then find a project for the afternoon problems that he can ad help address. But it did not sound like he's moving into some sort of consultancy, at least. I'll be really surprised if that holds through November. That is why I called him and asked. Uh, but, you know, we had a nice conversation. That's what it sounded like. Also, Senator Mike Woodard, he was in a car accident last weekend, uh, texted with him today. He says he's working from home, no serious injuries. We'll be back in the saddle next week. That is nice to hear. Uh, no votes Tuesday. Monday or uh, Tuesday. In the House, Monday or Tuesday. Right. And uh, I don't think votes until... I'm sorry, my, my notes aren't clear on the Senate. But yeah, I'm not sure about the Senate. They may have some votes coming up on Tuesday, but but at least um, we know Monday, I think is clear for both of those chambers. And the milk chugging event is scheduled for 2.30 p.m. Tuesday. That's the annual thing that the dairy farmers do. Well, I wanna know when tomato sandwich day is. Yeah, I mean, no, that's, no more, no more Rick Dunn, big, but I think that's an Amy Gailey question now, I guess. That's a yeah. big perk of this job, right? I mean, one of the few the perks of this job just about and so i'm just saying amy gailey hit me up call me no um those uh german johnsons traditionally for some reason it's always been the lawmakers from alamance county who've had this so it was tom uh before uh no senator rickon before that and then i think hugh webster before that um who always they, they bring in the big boxes of german johnsons and the the loaves of white wonder bread and yes it has to be white wonder bread to do it right and duke's mayonnaise ditto on that and salt and pepper and like everything in the building stops and everybody goes and builds themselves a big messy piley sandwich of tomatoes so um it is truly a unifying event bipartisan as it gets so yeah. anyway so if you hey message me if you've heard something about whether or not it's going to happen this year yeah i think that's uh that's enough for this week all right well we'll let you know what happens next week of course here on the wrap thanks for joining us